Welcome to Mavsplained, where we break down a question, event, trend, or piece of news every single day. My name is Bobby Corella from Mavs Digital. Today, I am joined by Isaac Harris. You might know him from it's a Locked On Mavs podcast. You might know him from Mavs.com. Uh, and you are Isaac L. Harris on Twitter. Is that right, Isaac? Oh, that's right. That's right. I tried to think on Twitter. When I go to tweet, I think of your legendary advice for people who tweet. Never tweet. Never, ever tweet. But if you do, if you are a person who tweets, you can find Isaac on the Twitter at Isaac L. Harris. And today we have a, a, a pretty interesting episode for you. So um, ordinarily, you know, we'll talk about either a recent game or whatever, but obviously right now there are no games. So we're going to think about the future. And at some point in the future, whether there is basketball this season or not, the NBA will give out awards, end-of-season awards, individual awards, things like Most Valuable Player, Sixth Man, Most Improved. But what we're talking about today is the All-NBA teams. The list of Mavericks to make an All-NBA team is very short. It is two names. One is Dirk, of course, who made 12 All-NBA teams. Uh, He made the first team four times, the second team five times, and the third team thrice. And then you had Steve Nash, who made the All-NBA third team two times in 2002 and 2003, of course, before going on to Phoenix and winning multiple MVPs with the Suns. So this is just players who earned individual awards while with the Mavericks. It is just Dirk and Nash ever in the 40-year history of this organization. But as you know, Isaac, and as I know, there's a player on the team this year who is almost certainly going to make the All-NBA team. But the subject of this day's show is to determine which team Luka will make. That is, of course, I don't want to speak for you, assuming you believe that Luka should make an All-NBA team. So I'll just start you off with the softball. Isaac, should Luka make an All-NBA team? Well, I was just glad you uh, you clarified that it was Luka. I didn't know if we're talking about Ryan Brokoff when he was gonna, oh, okay, what, okay. what team that he was going to be on. But if we're talking about Luka and All NBA teams, I think the conversation only like it's only around first team. I don't think I think he's a lock for first team. I think the biggest thing is where some of these guys land on positions. If they uh, voting for positions, is it are they going to go by all star stuff or are they going to go by something else? For somebody like LeBron, uh, that might hurt Luca a little bit. If LeBron for some reason they make him a guard, if they go by all star stuff, then uh, he should be a forward on that. But I think it's a lock. I think Luca is a first team All NBA, which is crazy to think about, but I think it's a lock right now. It would be crazy because, of course, he's in his second season, and there's only only five guys make the All-NBA first team, and usually that list is uh, pretty exclusive in that it rarely changes very often, right? Like, LeBron is basically a lifetime member of the All-NBA first team. Um, Kobe made it almost every single season. Anthony Davis will, now that he's in with the Lakers, he will make it probably every season. James Harden makes it all the time, like... The list of guys who makes it is very short every season because there's only five, but you're talking about the very best at their position. Giannis will make first-team All-NBA probably for the rest of his career. Like These are guys who are at the absolute peak of their profession. And so to assume that Luka uh, or anybody will break into that group as a 21-year-old, is uh, it's, it's pretty crazy to think about. But uh, it, it's important, I guess, to give a little information on the position. So a, as you mentioned... Uh, how Luka is classified, how players like LeBron 
are classified will matter because, of course, the All-NBA team is two guards and then, uh, you know, three forward centers, however you want to classify the, the, the bigger guys. Uh, Luca was considered a guard on all-star voting. Uh, LeBron was considered a forward. Giannis considered a forward. Even those those guys handle the ball quite a bit. Uh, Luca is, you know, for, for all intents and purposes, considered a point guard, even though he is essentially as tall as LeBron is. So his main competition, I'll start in the West and then I'll go to the East and then I'll, I'll give the floor over to you to kind of break down the, the situation. Uh, his main comp- competition, if we're going by all-star voting, James Harden, Damian Lillard, Russell Westbrook, Donovan Mitchell, Chris Paul. Um, that's probably about it from the from the West that has, a, a pro- in my opinion, like a legit claim to knock Luka off, right? The other players might make the third team, but these are guys that are could be better than Luka. Uh, and then finally in the East, Trey Young, Kemba Walker, Kyle Lowry, maybe Ben Simmons, maybe Bradley Beal. Uh, Kyrie Irving's name, of course, is on the list, uh, but he, I, he didn't play enough games, you know, and then you have like guys like Steph who obviously didn't play enough games. KD didn't even play at all. So, th- you know, there are a lot of very familiar names that, that aren't in the running this year, uh, but those are kind of the, the big ones. So I guess for you, I mean, we could start at the very top, make, make a claim for Luka to make the first team all NBA, uh, or let me know who are the guys that could maybe keep him from getting there. Yeah, for me, when I look at uh, guards that could be in this first team, I think there's a I think there's a clear cut three uh, three man race if you want to say, and that's Luca, James Harden, Damian Lillard, and then after that, in my mind, you have like a drop off, and then you get into the guys like Donovan Mitchell, Kemba, Lowry, Trey Young, any of those guys. So I actually heard somebody the other day, another media person on a national stage, put Lillard over Luca on first team. Really. And, I couldn't, I couldn't, I couldn't not get there. I, w- I wish I was on in that conversation with them uh, because I, I think the majority of people will land on Luka Doncic, James Harden, first team, all NBA. That's your backcourt. But then, yeah, you, you talk about Damian Lillard and where Lillard's at and you just look at the basic stats of it. Luka's averaging 28 a game, nine boards, eight assists, uh, roughly 46% from the field. But then you look at Dame. Dame's at 28 points also, but he has less assists, less rebounds, uh, and you know he's shooting a, a less percentage from the field. So, and then I think the biggest thing of all, and this means a lot to me, and you you see this in past All NBA teams that record means a ton. When you look at the first team, second team, normally those first two teams. It, it, they're from winning teams. When you get to the third team, that's when you get guys like last year, like Blake Griffin, uh, LeBron, you know, slipped down to third team last year because, you know, he was hurt and the Lakers record and all that stuff. But normally the first two teams, that's when record comes into play a ton. And that's where it hurts guys like Brad Beal, Trey Young. So I think the biggest thing with Luka going against somebody like, uh, you know, a Damian Lillard, let's say, is, you know, the Mavericks have 11 more wins than the Blazers this year. And I get the Blazers had, you know, some injuries, but you even look what the over under for the Mavericks was this year at the beginning of the season, 40 and a half, right? Yeah. And the Mavericks have 40 wins right now. And I mean, it it sucks that it's like, man, if the season ends right now, then they're right at 40 wins. They just need one more win to get the over on that. But you know, they're right there. They have 15 games left. Luca is clearly the leader of this team. And you just look at his averages. Like I said, you know, just the, the general ones that I said, how many, play, how many players in the league are averaging 28, 9, 8 on 46% from the field? One person, Luka Doncic. 
You could even lower it to like a 25, seven, six at 46% from the field. And then you're looking at three players, Luca, LeBron and Russell Westbrook. So what Luca's doing this year from an average standpoint and team record, he's, he's a lock for that first team. Yeah, even if we're looking at Dirk's career, for example. So Dirk made four first-team All-NBAs. Uh, eight other times he made the team but wasn't on the top team. The years where he made first-team All-NBA came in 2005, 2006, 2007. In 2006, they won 60 games. In 2007, they won 67 games. And in 2005, they won, I believe, 58 games, and they were the number four seed, and only that low because of the way that the division rules were set up. So pretty much every year, except for, with the exception of 2009, uh, they, they were a team that had home court advantage and won at least 58 games. Uh, so generally, you're right in that winning players, winning players on winning teams are going to get the tiebreaker. In this case, I'm not even sure that Luka and Dame are tied because, as you said, Luka's no. getting way more rebounds. Uh, Dame is shooting it better from three. There's no doubt about it. He's shooting 39% on 10 attempts per game. But it's for a Portland team that has, for many reasons, kind of underperformed and isn't even in the playoffs right now. And so I, I would – I don't think anyone's going to argue with you if you say that, like, Damian Lillard is better than Trey Young at this point. But unfortunately, you know, they're kind of – they're both on the outside looking in. And so even though they have enormous numbers similar to Luca, I think Luca yeah. does get the tiebreaker there simply because of team record. I mean, if, if you're going, if you're looking at the MVP voting, right? Like evaluate the MVP race right now, probably your top five, uh, Giannis will be in there, but five of your top six could be Western conference players. It could be LeBron, Anthony Davis, could be Luca, James Harden, Kawhi Leonard might be in there. I mean, boom, that's probably, Jokic. Yeah, Jokic could be in there too. And of course, now Giannis is uh, eligible for first team All-NBA the same way that like Kawhi Leonard would. But doing that is to paint the picture of like five of the top six, perhaps six of the top seven uh, MVP candidates in the NBA this season are in the same conference. And Luka is in that conference with those guys, uh, putting the Mavs like two or three games out of home court advantage in the first round as a 21-year-old. So he's doing it against incredible competition, basically on a nightly basis and has put up enormous numbers and if you just take the top five of MVP voting right now throw Giannis in there take Kawhi out that's probably your first team All-NBA right I I don't know how you could make the case that Dame would be more deserving uh than Luka or Harden really I I think that Dame is a really solid no, choice for the for the second team I, I think I think it's I think it's four out of five from the west I think it's two Lakers Giannis and then Luka and Harden and uh, so I, I'm kind of with you there, but I think where it gets more interesting, you and I probably agree, Dame on the second team, uh, where it gets more interesting is which guards will make the second team. Uh, if un Unless Luka is one of them, which would be honestly, frankly, very surprising. I think that's where it gets a little more interesting. So what are, what are, your, uh, what are your opinions on that, assuming Luka does make the first team? Yeah, and I want to point this out about Luka, too. You mentioned how he has more rebounds than, than Damian Lillard. And when you, you start stacking up these guards against each other, I looked at the averages per game and just the three standard categories of points, rebounds, and assists. And I looked at just the top 20 of each of those categories. And you see guys like Damian Lillard or a Trey Young who's really good at scoring and you know they have some uh, good assist numbers, but then they don't have good rebound numbers or vice versa in some of these. Luka's the only player in the NBA that's in, t in the top 20 
of points, rebounds, and assists per average. And I looked at it because I really looked at LeBron and Ben Simmons. I'm like, they have to be in that like top 20. And LeBron, Westbrook, Ben Simmons all come in at like 21, 22, 23 in rebounds. So Luca's averaging a little bit more rebounds to them, puts him in that top 20 of each three. So that that's what his overall game for sure and team record puts him above somebody like Lillard. So Lillard definitely lands on the second team in my opinion. I think there's a I think there's a good debate on the second spot backcourt. And is it are you going to the different scenarios. You look at the Utah Jazz team with Donovan Mitchell averaging 24 points a game. You know, they they have home court right now in the playoffs. Does he get this spot? Does somebody like Russell Westbrook get this spot when I mean it's yeah, you really like I laugh about it because sometimes, yeah, Westbrook uh, is average of 27 points, eight rebounds, seven assists right now. Those are insane team. numbers, by the way, because I, for three months, everybody was saying that they it wasn't working exactly. And, and you know, the past couple of months to where I guess if you want to say Harden's you know went down a little bit numbers wise, Westbrook has stepped up you know his game before you know the NBA suspended play, so it's like you. How much weight do you put in these last couple of months for Russell Westbrook? Does he get that spot? Do you reward somebody like a Kyle Lowry that helps lead that team with Siakam in, in Toronto? Do you put him in that spot? So I think it's I think I lean a little bit more towards Donovan Mitchell there. Um, Kyle Lowry a little bit maybe too. I, I don't know. I'm torn with that second spot. Do you are you have you landed on somebody? Man, I don't know. So for example, Kemba started the all-star game from the east. Um his individual numbers aren't really like aren't really that impressive. Twenty one points, five assists, four rebounds, but he's doing it for a Celtics team that is, you know, clearly one of the best teams in the NBA. Um, Kyle Lowry has Toronto in a, in a much better position than I think anybody believed that they could get, and he's averaging twenty points per game after averaging fourteen last season. So clearly, he stepped up his scoring and uh, you know is is much more important kind of as like a floor presence and a facilitator. Now that Ka- uh, Kawhi is gone, I think that's really the only competition. Probably Kemba, Russ, what Donovan Mitchell's numbers surprised me because even though, of course, Utah is very good, I just had no idea that he was scoring that many points per game. I thought that he he's obviously good against everybody, but he seems like the kind of guy that's like really good against the Mavs and just against everybody else is like pretty solid. But uh, he's become a really, really kind of a dominant scorer. Um, and has played well without Rubio. I mean, taking a big step forward as like the the guy who can have the ball in his hands a lot more often. Um, he's, and I he's think been you look really at good. yeah teams with winning records in the top four of each conference. It you know I, I noticed you put two Lakers in that first team, putting Anthony Davis up there. Is Anthony Davis for sure going to be a center in this voting? Like is, I don't is know. That See, that's the gonna... thing. Like all NBA is still kind of archaic in that it does. It, it forces you to be classified as a center. And yeah. I don't think anybody could make the case that Anthony Davis has played center this year because, like, they start JaVale McGee. But, I mean, who's the most – I guess Jokic would probably be the most deserving center if – I know. That, that's if, the if thing to where to it. if they – I wish they would pick one, like pick one and go with it for all-star voting and all NBA. Don't, I wish they wouldn't separate the two of like bigs and you know, whatever. So, but if let's say you do put Anthony Davis at that center spot on the first team, then Jokic will get second team center. Then you look at third team, probably Embiid. Yeah. I mean, he's at 23 and 12. He's, he's putting up big numbers. 
if that happens and Donovan Mitchell doesn't get one of these spots, then that means the Jazz are going to be a home court team with zero All-NBA players. And so, like, that's another thing, too, where I kind of like rewarding the winning teams, and I think there's a chance Gobert gets left off. And if you have somebody like Donovan Mitchell averaging 24 a game for a home court playoff team, I feel like he's got to get rewarded somewhere through there. So then if you put Donovan Mitchell on the second team, that would move Russ to the third team because you're not going to dump you're not gonna. You're not gonna knock Dame off. No, no, no. Yeah, I, I, I would probably put Damian Lillard, Russell. I mean, Damian Lillard, then Donovan Mitchell, and then move Westbrook to third team, probably. Okay, and Westbrook down there with, I guess, whoever the last spot would go to Bradley Beal or Kemba Walker, maybe Ben Simmons, but probably not uh, Trey Young. I, I, I think Trey. You know, he's had almost every bit as good of a season as Luca, just from an individual standpoint. Um, numbers wise let's say that yeah individually when it comes to winning or whatever Luca has taken a, a massive step forward but um I mean Trey's numbers are eye-popping now so are Bradley Beals they, both of those guys are putting up huge numbers for teams that uh aren't really winning games although Washington that's kind of the bummer of this the 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 timing of this whole thing Washington was like kind of making a push for the eighth playoff spot they're five and a half out of course with 18 games to play but they were playing much better basketball, and Orlando was picking it up, but Brooklyn was kind of stumbling a little bit. I mean, like there was a chance that things could get a little interesting down the stretch uh, between all those teams. So I, I would have liked to give maybe Beal a shot to see if he could push them over the edge. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I'm not really one to nitpick over, like, the sixth spot, even though it's a very prestigious honor, of course, the third-team All-NBA. But uh, who, who gets in uh, with the last spot for you? I think I have to go with Kyle Lowry. Uh, you look at this Toronto team; they're second in the East right now. What Nick Nurse and them have done without Kawhi Leonard this year, I was high on them, but I, I mean, I never thought they'd be second in the East this year. Uh, and just when you watch that team play, it, it, like Siakam's the most talented player, but seeing Lowry and kind of what he means to that team and how he leads that team, and you know, he's averaging 19 points a game. Uh, that's obviously behind Siakam's uh, 23 a game, but He's just kind of their leader. He's their point guard, and uh, I think I think I actually have Siakam. I think Siakam uh, gets in on third team also. Uh, oh wow! Because it, this is kind of like the push down effect too. Because let's just say, um, like I put Jokic in there at center on first team because I thought that they would make Anthony Davis a, a forward. Uh, so if they do that and Anthony Davis moves down to the second team, then you're looking at the forwards in the second team being AD and Kawhi. So that's, I mean, that's lock. Jeez, so yeah, then, yeah. then it's super hard when you get into third team forwards because yeah, you have people like Siakam, Jason Tatum, and you know, the, the list goes on. So that's you probably where, just stop right there. Really. I mean, those, those two guys are, you know, yeah. And, and especially if somebody like Kimba doesn't get in, you know, do you, does Boston walk away with nobody in the all NBA team? So, and, and Tatum's had a great season too. So I think Lowry, I think there's a decent chance Lowry and Siakam could be on third team. Siakam could be higher. He could be a second team if AD is on the first team, though. Siakam's been great, man. And and I'm with you. I mean, Toronto, I'm looking at the record right now. They're 46-18. and 18. Only two teams have a better record than them, in Mil- Milwaukee and L.A. And coming into the year, I don't think you could get anybody to admit this out loud, but, like, would you be more surprised if Toronto missed the playoffs entirely than you are now seeing that they're 
second in the East after 64 games? Well, I actually, I actually thought that they would be a decent, like a good team this year because I, one of my like wild predictions before the season was I didn't think, I thought the Warriors would take this as a season of assuming full health before Steph got hurt. I thought they would take it as a season of like, Hey, we're going to prove people wrong that we're like more than KD and all this stuff. So like one of my wild things was, Hey, I think the Raptors and Warriors are going to be a lot better this year than what some people think they will be. And obviously the Warriors side of that crash and burn and the Raptors side of it is decent. I didn't think I nearly thought that they would be this good. I mean, they they look really, really good. So, and, and I think right now, if the playoffs do come back in some form, seeing them go against a team like Philly or Boston or one of these teams, like that, it's crazy to think that before the season, I probably wouldn't even think about picking the Raptors against one of those teams in the playoffs. But now, after seeing the regular season, I think I would lean, lean the Toronto's way over any of those teams outside of maybe Milwaukee. Yeah, I mean, the way that it's shaking up right now, assuming that there is a playoffs, which hopefully there will be, Toronto first round against Brooklyn. I mean, I think it's pretty safe to pick Toronto there. And then it's the winner of Boston-Philly. And after that, it's a rematch with Milwaukee. And, I, you know, I, being without Kawhi is a, a pretty big uh, kind of playing with one hand tied behind your back a little bit in that respect. But Siakam's taking a step forward. I mean, I, I don't know. It just kind of sucks that uh, Toronto isn't really getting a, a full chance to, if, of course, you know, any, anything weird happens that the Raptors don't get a chance to defend their title, like in 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 all uh, in all earnesty. You know, they they deserve it. The season that they've had. I mean, they're they're twenty three and nine on the road, man. Like they don't lose anywhere. It's not even that they don't lose at home. Like they they don't lose anywhere. They're really 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 good and a lot of that is because of Siakam but I mean if if Lowry didn't pick up his production either then you know they, they, they wouldn't be the team that they are I thought that it would have been Van Vliet not Lowry and now Van Vliet has taken a big step forward too but Lowry yeah. is just so fiery I mean you saw it in that game whenever they made that huge comeback against the Mavs that dude was unconscious in the fourth quarter and he you you need that on a good team and good teams need those kind of players and um those are the kinds of guys thank, that make all NBA teams. Thank you for bringing that memory back to my head, by the I'm way. I'm sorry. But, hey, I mean, there's – I never would have thought coming into the season that Kyle Lowry is the kind of guy that could lead a 30-point comeback. I just – Siakam wasn't even playing in that game, and they did that, because all because of Lowry. So, I don't know. He's, he's a really special player, man. He, he's, he's a lot of fun to watch. He's a little fireball, and uh, he's a big reason why they are where they are. So – I wouldn't have any qualms with that being our all-NBA teams this year. So to recap, you and I are in agreement. Luka and Harden on the first team. Here's a, here's a little bit about Luka. This season, per 100 possessions, he's averaging 41 points, 13 rebounds, and 12 assists. 41, 13, and 12 per 100 possessions. The only other guy ever to do that was Russ, uh, the year that he won the MVP in 2016-17 and averaged a triple-double. So even in an era where everyone complains that everyone is stuffing stats, no one has ever done it like Luka except for one guy one time. And he was in the prime of his career, and Luka is uh, barely 21. To bring it full circle on hyping Luka now for this first team and just fully uh, everyone fully understanding how big of an accomplishment this is for Luca, and no matter how good you thought Luca was going to be coming into the NBA and coming from the stage and everything that he he had done overseas to now, 
like it's just hard to just fully grasp like as Madison as people like us that we've seen every game this year and every game of his career here in Dallas it's still just like we kind of expect at this point the fact that he's 21 his second season and like you said he's in that upper like tier of these guys like LeBron and Giannis and these guys that he's going to be first team all NBA that he's in the MVP conversation like if you asked me before he got drafted I might have like five years you know five years into his career maybe I would hope that you know like getting close to his prime but second year this is where he's at right now that's it's just I think it's hard for us to really fathom that sometimes. And this is why, I I mean, I think he should win most improved player because of the level that he's moved up to. And I mean, from where he was at, just looking at his stats, where the team's at now, the fact that he's all NBA first team MVP conversation, making that type of leap. I I think he should even win that award, but yeah, that's the toughest step to step to take as a star, right? Going from really good to great. Not many guys do that. I mean, like, this would be like, we just talked about a guy who did it this year, Pascal Siakam, but that that would be like him taking another leap after this. Like, mm-hmm. it's tough to do. Giannis, for example, like for three years, everybody was telling us, this guy's going to be great. He's going to be great. He's going to be great. And then he finally was. But before he was, he had to make all of these leaps, keep climbing the ladder. Dirk, same thing. Dirk averaged nine points and then he averaged 17 and then he averaged 21 and then he averaged 23 and then he made it and it wasn't just his scoring it was the way that teams defended him and everything and we're starting to see it now man I mean Luca gets defended he's the only other guy that gets defended like James Harden Trey does every now and then but Luca is like he, he touches it more than anybody in the NBA for an offense that scores more per 100 possessions than any other team ever so like by default, he's like already entered the conversation for like best offensive players in basketball. His offensive box plus minus is off the charts. Like, whenever he passes to guys, what they're shooting is insane. Like, he finds guys. There's the second uh, most average distance between the shooter and the nearest defender off his passes. Like, he's getting double teamed and he's still passing guys to wide open spots, which is just like, it's incredible. He's Peyton Manning on the floor already, and he's like he can barely even drink it's just insane it's insane to see um so Luke and James Harden are your first team Damian Lillard and you said Donovan Mitchell you did a pretty good job talking me into that but I, I think I'll, I'll give it to Russ over Donovan um and then switch with you so you had Russ on the third team I'll put Donovan Mitchell on the third team and then I guess Kyle Lowry I, I could I could go with Kyle Lowry I could go with Kyle Lowry or Trey I could see that or even Kemba um, but yeah, I, I think, I think that's a pretty, that's a pretty good list. That's a, that's a list that you and I can be proud of. I think, uh, any parting words, Isaac, before we get out of here? No, just, yeah, just to repeat what I said earlier. Just the fact that I think we should all appreciate and celebrate when Luca, if they do go forward with all NBA stuff, assuming they will at some point that when he is named to the all NBA first team, it should be something we all celebrate and it is a huge deal. And I, I'm super happy for him and this franchise that, I mean, Luca has he took the leap so quick and and no telling what's going to happen in the future Dirk made his first all-nba team first first team all-nba in year seven. Oh, Luca might do it in year two I mean just think about think about how how crazy that sounds but uh we'll see we'll see hopefully it'll happen at some point here whether they play games or whether they go to the right to the playoffs or whatever 
I'm sure that somewhere down the pipeline, they will have a big old award show and Luca will be there in a, uh, a fresh blue suit. Or maybe maybe a white suit this time. He wore blue last year. He might go all white this year. We'll see. And he will accept some type of all-NBA recognition. Uh, until then, all we can do is argue about it. If you have any takes, uh, if you disagree with Isaac in particular, or even me, you can hit us up on Twitter. I'm Bobby Corelli. He is Isaac L. Harris. Again, you can find him on Locked On Mavs pretty much every single day. I'll be darned. Y'all are still churning out content over there. You can also find his words at Mavs.com. And you can always uh, subscribe, rate, and review Mavsplained because, just like Isaac and Locked on Mavs, we're here with you uh, pretty much every darn day, too. So even though basketball's on pause right now, the content machine never stops rolling. Isaac, thank you very much for joining us today, and uh, we will see you back on Mavsplained soon.